want to continue the teaching this morning and I want to talk about the divine input that makes success, wealth, and prosperity possible. The divine input that makes success, wealth, and prosperity possible. Hallelujah. The divine input that makes success, wealth, and prosperity possible. All right. Now, there are classifications of people according to their economic status and their general performance in life. And so, the four things that are basically looked at. Number one, people are classified as poor because they earn little or they can do little. That's number one. People are classified as poor because they earn little or can do little. When somebody is called poor, it's not just a reference to finances. Sometimes it's a reference to performance. And so when somebody is poor, many times it is because they can't do much for themselves. Somebody who is classified as poor cannot feed himself and his family three square meals a day. They don't have enough clothes to wear. They don't have access to um, even portable drinking water. They don't have access to the basic necessities of life. Then there are average people. When somebody is classified as average, it probably means they are a middle income earner or they can do just enough for themselves. So anytime somebody is classified as average, it means they can just do enough or they are getting just enough. Then there are those who are classified as rich. Now, anybody who is classified as rich then is somebody who has all their needs met. They have excess in terms of what they need and they are able to do more in terms of performance than what is required of them. And so if you look, for instance, at um, maybe my, my, my part is um, uh, sports. If you look at athletes, if somebody is an average athlete, it means that they are just doing enough. If somebody is an athlete that they call rich, we're not just talking about financial in, uh, income, but we are talking about even the performance of the person. And so when they are supposed to do just enough, they go beyond that. And that is somebody who is called rich. And so they have all that they need and more. They have all that they need and more. They earn all they need and more, and they do more than is expected of them. They do more than is expected of them. Finally, wealth, wealthy. When somebody is described as wealthy, it means that they can afford all that they need plus their dreams. Now, it is not everybody that has access to funding their dreams. It's not everybody that has access to living in their dreams. When somebody is wealthy, when we talk about wealth, we are talking about generational riches. Riches that have traveled or will travel to the next generation. And so wealthy people don't just have enough or they don't have just enough and they don't have more, a little more than enough. They have so much that they can't spend all they have in their lifetime and the next generation cannot also spend all that they make available. When somebody is wealthy, it means that their performance is far, far beyond what is expected. Now, success is desired by all. I'm looking for one person who doesn't desire success in their life. Is there somebody here who doesn't desire success in their life? You don't want to be successful. No matter what you do, you don't want to be successful. Is there somebody here like that? In fact, even wicked people, thieves, armed robbers, murderers, want to be successful at what they do. And so everybody desires success 
at what they do. Wealth and prosperity empower us to achieve, to achieve our dreams and to move beyond hand-to-mouth living. So when we become wealthy, when we become prosperous, we move beyond just living hand-to-mouth. We, now we get to the point where we can achieve our dreams. We can actually lay a foundation for the next generation and the next generation can be blessed by what we left behind. Hallelujah. So the more we succeed at any venture, the more prosperous we become. The more we succeed, the more prosperous we become. The less we succeed, the less prosperous we become. And so one of your prayers must be that God make me prosperous at whatever I do. Somebody say, Lord, make me prosperous at whatever I do. The more we succeed, the more prosperous we become. As we become prosperous in all that we do, our prosperity begins to churn out the wealth that we are believing God for. So you succeed, that makes you prosperous. You prosper, that makes you wealthy. And so every small thing you do can become a means that God uses to bring you into wealth. So you started in school from class one as a very bright student, started succeeding in class. As you do well, uh, on paper by paper, you begin to prosper. As you prosper, what it does is that it begins to open certain doors for you. There are some of you who had scholarships, you've traveled abroad to go and study. There are people who traveled abroad to go and study. They came back, a job was ready for them. It was offered to them because of their success in class. That continued was prosperity. And now all of a sudden they are working at very high-end jobs, earning so much money simply because it started at success, continued to prosperity, and now they are the place of wealth. I pray that for you as a child of God, God will bring you to that place in your life. So as children of God, we have been adequately taught from the scriptures. We've been adequately taught from the Bible. We don't take things for granted. We know that nothing just happens. We know that everything that will happen, it is because there is an antecedent cause. And so we don't take things for granted. We are not like the people of the world. We're just sitting there waiting for things to happen. We don't live like that. We know that before something happens, something else must happen. We know nothing just happens. And so we know that there are things that we must do in order to prosper, in order to be successful, in order to be wealthy. We are not just sitting there like, you know, that's how the church was branded several years ago. People used to say that Christians are sitting down with their uh, hands be, uh, between their thighs and we are just waiting for something to drop from heaven. And so I remember back in those days, those who were proponents of that message, who were castigating against the church, they would shout and say to us, the days of manna are over. The days of manna are over. Stop waiting for manna. You know, but that shows how ignorant they were because during the days when God was raining manna from heaven, check your Bible, there were things that God required his people to do. Every day the manna will fall. They had to go out and gather it. I don't remember a single reference in the Bible that said that their mouths were open and the manna was dropping in their mouth. The Bible said they had to go out and gather every man according to his appetite. So if you ate small, you gathered small. If you ate much, you gathered much. And so every time there's a blessing, there is some work to be done. Every time there's a blessing, there's a step to be taken. Don't take it for granted, especially in this month of success, wealth, and prosperity that as pastor is preaching, I'm going to be there and something will hit me. And when the thing hits me, when I go home, I'm going to start prospering. You know, we don't believe in that. Praise the Lord. Tell your neighbor, we don't believe in that. 
You see, when I say that, it's not supposed to mean that we don't believe in miracles. We believe in miracles, but we, we beyond miracles, we believe in the principles of the word of God. You see, in the Bible, in the Bible, when you look at the Bible, miracles are actually for unbelievers. Miracles are to get unbelievers to believe that there's a God who can do the impossible. But for those of us who believe, he gives us his word. And as we begin to live by the word, the word brings to us the provision that we need. So can you imagine if everybody of us in here today doesn't work? Nobody works anyway. Me, the pastor, I don't work. And so this message that I'm preaching to you today, I've not prepared, I've not prayed into it. Nothing went into it. And when I got up this morning, I ate some hot banku, and then I prayed over the banku, and I came to stand here. And I said, Razi, you wage man. Now, you need to receive something so you can go out and use it for something. Now, here's the case. I have not worked, and you also don't work. So how can we even afford the things that we have? How can we pay for the air conditioners? We need to buy some new screens very soon. How are you going to buy all of that? I mean, you are seated nicely, comfortably, you know, respectably. How can we afford that? Many of us would be coming to church with tier tier clothes because we couldn't afford what we have. That is not what the Bible teaches us. The Bible teaches us that there's something that we must do in order to enter into the blessings of God. And so, yes, there are times when God sends miracles even to us who believe, but that is not the normal. And so we are not taught in the Bible to every day be praying for a miracle. That's not how we live. Praise the Lord. We are taught to live by the principles of the word of God and God honors his word as we live by the word. Have you been hearing a lot of that recently? All right, let's continue. So, as children of God, we are taught that nothing just happens. In Proverbs chapter 14, verse number 23, in Proverbs 14, 23, the Bible tells us that in all labor, there is profit. And so we know that to enter into the realm of profit, some labor is required. There are things that we are supposed to do if we are going to enter into the realm of profit. In Proverbs 14, 4, one of my favorite scriptures, it says that where no oxen are, the crib is clean. The crib is clean. But much increase is by the strength of the ox. So in the crib where there is no ox to labor, there is nothing there. It is empty. But in the crib where the ox is there to work hard, provisions are made available because there is something or someone to work hard and ensure there is something there. Praise the Lord. So that means in essence that in every area of your life where you can see success, wealth, and prosperity as you are looking for, in that area of your life, God is asking you, put more effort into that, that area of your life. If you don't put more effort into those areas of your life, there are important things that you are going to miss. So in every crib that is empty of the ox, nothing will be there. I pray that this year God will give you the wisdom. God will give you the strength. God will give you the grace. God will give you all that it will require to bring to you the success, the wealth, and the prosperity that you desire as a child of God. That you are not going to be empty and dry and disenfranchised, but this year God will give you the strength that you require. Somebody say, I received that strength. So he says, 
by the strength of the ox. And so we know that God uses what he has given to us to provide for us. Praise the Lord. Every miracle we're going to get from God, God has already put it in us. He wants us to do something, then he can activate it. Praise the Lord. And so, as we, as we look at success, wealth, and prosperity from our scripture, our scripture is Joshua chapter 1 verse 8. As we look at success, wealth, and prosperity from our scripture, two things stand out. Let's pay attention to them. As we look at our scripture, two things stand out. He says that this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth. You shall meditate on it day and night and observe to do all that is written therein. Then you shall make your way prosperous. Then you shall have good success. Two things stand out. The two things we see, number one, the things God must do and which the Bible teaches us he has already done. And then the things which we must do, which we have started doing and we are in the process of doing. Praise the Lord. Some of us have started, some of us have not started. And so God, what he must do, the Bible teaches us he has already done. Because what, what God has done for us, he provided the word. He said meditate on the word, do the word, live by the word, speak the word. And as you do so, you are going to make your way prosperous. So he's talking about what he has done and number two, what we must do. So success, wealth, and prosperity, then, like I said, uh, we don't, things are not just going to happen for us. So we Christians, we don't believe in luck. Tell anybody, don't believe in luck. If you've been one of those people who all your life you have been telling people, oh, me, I'm very lucky. Maybe they even called you Lucky Dubai when you were born. Tell, start telling people that my parents gave me the wrong name. I don't believe in luck. You see, a stronger force than luck is the force called blessing. We believe in blessings. We don't believe in luck. Praise the Lord. You know, um, even among very secular teachers of wealth, success, and prosperity, very secular people who teach about success, wealth, and prosperity, in all their teachings, the teaching on luck is missing because they believe that luck is not something that makes men to succeed, to become wealthy, and to become prosperous. So if you are the person who are in church, you are even lost. Even unbelievers don't believe that. Praise the Lord. Tell anybody, even unbelievers don't believe that. In one of the greatest, in one of the greatest books ever, when it comes to success, wealth, and prosperity, it's called The Richest Man in Babylon. It's a very small book. It's called The Richest Man in Babylon. In that book, um, there's a whole chapter that is dedicated to luck. And the, the writer talks about um, luck. because it's, uh, The book is actually like a story. Uh, um, it's like a story. The Richest Man in Babylon is like a story. And in one chapter, he talks about how a man came to see him and told him that today when I was going out, something worked for me. Like say, maybe I found some gold coins. I found some gold coins. And so he asked him, how can I keep finding gold coins every day? So he sat him down and he said, that thing cannot be taught. Do you know how life will be so simple if we could teach you how to be lucky? Keep looking at my face. Do you know how simple life could be? That you could do whatever you want and then you take the book, Seven Rules to be Lucky, Roland Roberts, Esquire. And you start, you start practicing it every day. You start doing the seven points. Do you know how? But life is not like that. Tell your neighbor, life is not that simple. Are you ready for this teaching this morning? 
So, there are a few things I want you to consider as we talk about success, wealth, and prosperity. Because this year, uh, this, this year, we want to cover significant grounds when it comes to our success, wealth, and prosperity. We want to go deeper into success, wealth, and prosperity, the way God wants us to enter into it. Because we want to go so far that we are not coming back. Praise the Lord. I said we want to go so far that we are not coming back. We are not looking for the situation where something good happens today. You are praising God for it. And then for the next six months, you are mourning. For the next eight months, you are mourning. But we want to create the kind of situation that will ensure that from now and the rest of your life, you'll be rejoicing and praising. In God. Is that what you're looking for? Somebody say, that's what I want. Alright, so here are a few things, four things really I want you to consider as we teach about success, wealth, and prosperity. Number one, I want you to know that everyone has a chance at success, wealth, and prosperity, but not everyone will be successful, wealthy, and prosperous. Everyone has a chance at success, wealth, and prosperity, but not everyone will be successful, wealthy, and prosperous. Get that in your spirit. And that's one of the things you should be praying against in your lifetime. Praise the Lord. That as for me and my house, we are going to be successful, we are going to be wealthy, and we are going to be prosperous. Somebody say, I speak against, or say, say I speak against any power that will fight me, that will hinder me from being successful, wealthy, and prosperous. And say like a believe, I will succeed, I will be prosperous, and I will be wealthy. Uh, the way you are saying it, I will succeed, I will be prosperous, and I will be wealthy. You know, there's a very strong connection between what you say and what you believe. Usually what you say it has a very strong linkage to what you believe. Hallelujah. Can you say it one more time? Say, I'll be successful. I'll be, successful. I'll be, wealthy, I'll be wealthy. And I'll be, I'll be prosperous. Matthew 26 verse 11. Jesus teaching, he dropped the bomb before he left. If Jesus had not dropped the bomb this morning, I would have been in trouble. He dropped the bomb. He said, the poor you always have with you. God forbid that the poor will be amongst us. I didn't say that. Jesus said that. He said the poor you will always have with you. Determine that in your neighborhood, determine in your workplace, determine in your classroom, among those who are poor, I'm not going to be one of them. And like I said, when we talk about poor, the classification poor, we are not just dealing with economic terms, we are dealing also with performance. So you can be a poor uh, wife, a poor husband, a poor doctor, a poor lawyer, you can be a poor anything at all, a poor professor. Now, that does not have any linkage with economics. Praise the Lord. That is part of it. That is not the totality. So, there are poor students. Is that what they say in school? They say, he's a poor student. And they write it in the report card. Poor. And so, Jesus said, the poor you will always have with you. Recently, my wife was telling me that they say that, um, somebody said that not all hands are equal. So ask yourself all the time, why should my hands always be the short ones? Always tell yourself, mine will not be the short one. Maybe somebody else, but not me. Every day, speak to yourself and tell yourself, not me. It won't be me. It shall not be me. It shall not be my family. My children will not be poor students in school. I will not be poor at my work. I will not be poor at what I do. God will bless me. God will help me. What I do will succeed. What I do will prosper. I will do well. So 
Learn this. Everybody has a chance, but not everybody is going to be successful, wealthy, and prosperous. Number two, learn this also, that not every success, not every wealth, and not every prosperity will endure. So there are people who will actually get success, get wealth, get prosperity at some point in their life, but not all of it will endure. In the book of um, Psalm 73, verse 1 to 20, that's a very long read. Take your time and read it when you go home. David spends time talking about the wicked and what he saw in the lives of the wicked. And one of the things he said is that when I went into the sanctuary of God, I understood their end. He said they are like the grass that is green today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire. But in the beginning, he starts talking about the wealth, the success, and the prosperity of the wicked. But in the end, he says it will not endure. Cast your mind around, even here in Cape Coast or wherever you grew up or wherever you've lived, you will remember that there are some folks that we knew when we were in nursery school or in primary school, in your neighborhood when we were growing up. Their parents were okay. They were, they were doing well. I mean, they wore the best clothes. I mean, they wore the most expensive clothes. Some of you have mates like that from secondary school. Somehow, you meet them later in life and you begin to think, ah, Am I seeing this person well? Because this is not who I knew. Praise the Lord. My prayer for us is that whatever God gives us, it will endure. I gave you the scripture last week when I was describing, was giving one of the characteristics of the blessings of God. And I said to you that the Bible says in the book of Ecclesiastes 3.14 that whatsoever God doeth, it endureth forever. Everything that God does, it shall be forever. And so once God is the one that has blessed you with success, wealth, and prosperity, it's not just for today. It lasts all your life. Praise the Lord. Now that means that you are hit year in, year out. Every time you are just on top of the charts, I pray that grace for somebody that is here. I pray that blessing for your family. I pray that blessing for your house. That whatever God gives you, because it is from God, it will endure throughout the generations. Praise the Lord. I pray that God will give us grace. I pray that God will give us grace. Now, whatever he puts in our hands, it will endure for a lifetime. The Bible says his favor endures for a lifetime. His favor endures for a lifetime. Weeping may endure for the night, but his favor will endure for a lifetime. Hallelujah. Number three, some may use all, I want you to know that, some may use all the laws of success, wealth, and prosperity and never be gifted with success, wealth, and prosperity. Know that also. Men are not the final decision makers. Some may practice all the laws of success, wealth, and prosperity, but in their lifetime, they will never be gifted with success, wealth, and prosperity. Much the same way as the hen cannot wee-wee, they will never have that opportunity at success, wealth, and prosperity because God will never give them that opportunity. God will never grant it to them. They will practice all the laws. They will do all that they must do, but God is a final decision maker. You know, when we start living in rebellion, we start thinking that, oh, don't mind these pastors who are preaching all these things. Do we have to do all of that? Do we have to do all of that? Can you imagine Jesus, the son of God, he has been born, and then the scripture said that he had to go through John the Baptist. He had to be baptized. When he got to John, John himself said that, I'm not worthy to baptize you, because John knew the heavy weight that Jesus was in the spirit. What did Jesus say? He said, 
Suffer it to be so for now. For I must fulfill all righteousness. Praise the Lord. I must fulfill all righteousness. Recently, I was given the opportunity to uh, preach in a place. And so, because of the topic they gave me, I had to read a little. And I had to be teaching about tithing. So, I had to read a little. I spent some time reading. Then, I just felt, oh, why don't I go online and look at some of the uh, comments that have been made by people about fights online. And I found out that people were castigating at Christians, lambasting them, just, I mean, just giving it to Christians. That is so stupid of you to think that if you don't pay your tithe, pay, because most of the people who wrote were Nigerians and they will write, if you don't pay your tithe, you'll be tight. If you don't pay your tithe, you'll be tight. If you don't pay your tithe, you'll be tight. So they kept, that phrase kept repeating itself severally. And then some people took it up and they started writing. It's so foolish to assume that you can do whatever you want with your money. And, and, and they, they were saying that it is not the tithe that brings the blessing. It is God that brings the blessing. Now, I know that it is God that brings the bless blessing, but please listen to me. There are principles that he has set out for us to follow. Now, even though we follow the principles, it doesn't mean God will still bless us. You know, some of us, for instance, have chosen prayer. I've had somebody leading prayer, and the person said, let your prayer be your God. Your prayer cannot be your God. You know, just because we pray does not mean God will answer. It, he reserves the right. He decides, I will answer this one. I will not answer this one. That is why the Bible shows us that there were two boys that were going to be born by one woman, Romans chapter 9. And the Bible says that the two boys, Jacob and his brother Esau, were in the womb of their mother and God chose one of them. And the Bible says, is there unrighteousness with God? And he says, God forbid. God forbid, there's no unrighteousness with God. So in Romans 9.16, put it on the screen. In Romans 9.16, he says, It is not of him that willeth, nor of him that runneth, but it is God that showeth mercy. In Psalm 127 verse 1, he said, If God does not build the house, they labor in vain that build it. What does it mean? We can put all the building blocks together, have a very good architectural plan, have a very good structural engineer, do everything that they're supposed to be, bring all the equipment we need, all the provision, the house will never go up. And this is because God has said it will not go up. And so when it comes to our success, our wealth, and our prosperity, I want us to handle it with that kind of humility. If God doesn't do it, it cannot be done. Praise the Lord. Have you seen people who went through surgery and they were attended to by the best surgeons in the world and they died on the table? And people for the same case did not have to go through any surgery and yet they survived by taking one pill. Praise the Lord. God makes the decisions. Tell your neighbor, God decides. So I want us to know this. So as we are applying the principles of success, wealth, and prosperity, let us also be prayerful and have a humble heart. They erase only decide. I read to you the scripture last week uh, from the book of Kings. I think it's 1 Kings chapter 2 verse 15 where Adonijah came to Bathsheba and Adonijah said to her, he said, and thou knowest that the kingdom was mine. And that all Israel set their faces on me that I should reign. Howbeit the kingdom is turned about and become my brothers, for it was his from the Lord. There was a law in the book of Deuteronomy 21 17, and the law said that the right of the firstborn must be given to the firstborn, even if his mother is not loved. And so once, once Absalom had died, the next person was Adonijah, and his mother was not loved. Solomon's mother was loved. And so everybody knew that David is going to 
turn the thing a little, skew it in the direction of this boy Solomon. But when Adonijah came to see Solomon's mother, this is what he said. He said, everybody knows that the kingdom was mine. I had everybody's support, but somehow it has been turned about and become my brother's. Please listen to me. There's a difference between what you see and what you hold. You can see things that you can never hold. And, and there's also a big difference between what you hold and what you possess. Number four, write it down so you don't forget it. True success, wealth, and prosperity will elude many because they don't know what it is. If you, if you miss out in understanding of what true success, wealth, and prosperity is, you are never going to find it. You know, we missed it because if you look at, if you look at really wealthy people, when, when, um, when Bill Gates started emerging on the scene when he was in his 20s, they started writing about him in, in the New York Times, and they would write, a boy in jeans and t-shirts is taking over the world. He wasn't in a suit and tie. I mean, those of you who, who watched the Mark Zuckerberg, um, what, I don't know what to call it, interview or interrogation last week, hearing um, at the Senate, he was in a suit and tie. I've seen some of you posted on WhatsApp and all that. He was in a suit and tie. Mark Zuckerberg is always in a t-shirt, a pair of jeans and shoes because he's following Bill Gates. But he knows how to wear a suit and tie. Praise the Lord. He knows how to do it. Now you see, we get it mixed up. We think that, you know, if you wear a Rolex, you, you are this kind of person. No, the guys who wear a Rolex, they are on a certain level. Praise the Lord. Every level God brings you to, he gives you blessings that are commensurate with the level to which he's brought you. Praise the Lord. And so we did not know that. We thought that success, wealth, and prosperity was having certain things. But we did not know that you could have the things and not have what is commensurate for the level. Praise the Lord. And so you can buy the perfume a rich person wears and wear the same perfume. You can buy what they buy and wear it. But at what cost are you buying their perfume? And so if you don't understand it, you get it wrong. Tell your neighbor, don't get it wrong. So in the book of Luke chapter 12 verse 15, Jesus speaking to the disciples makes this teaching very clear to them. He tells them, take heed and beware of covetousness. For the abundance of a man's life does not consist in the things that he possesses. So you will think that if a man is wealthy, it is because of the things he has. No, it is not the things a man has that makes him wealthy. Know it so that you don't think the more I get it. Some of us, like we have a checklist in life. As we are going through life, we have a checklist. Number one, then you check. Number two, check. Number three, check. Number four. So by the time you are 70 years, you look at all your list and say, I achieved everything. Some of them, you have to achieve them through fair means. Some of them through foul means. But it doesn't matter because it's like the end justifies the means. That's not the teachings of scripture. Because people will get things, but through wealth, well, true success, true prosperity will elude many. One of the symbols, to this point, one of the symbols of success, wealth, and prosperity is the calmness. Is the calmness of a stream. In fact, in the, in the Hebrew language, the word for prosperity, the word nekar, it means a flow or a current of the river. And whenever they are talking about prosperity, they are talking about the calmness, the stillness, the steadiness of the stream. 
Do you know that some people are so blessed and yet they are so calm if they don't tell you, you not even know this is what they have. And yet there are certain people, they just can't help themselves. Everywhere they go, they must open their mouth and say something. You comment, oh, your shoe is nice. Yeah, that's a new shoe I got. This is a, a something, something, and then they mention the name. Oh, I like your shirt. It's so nice. Yeah, this is something. I bought it from that designer down the road. And they have to mention where they got it from. And it's because there's so much agitation in their spirit. It is not what you have that makes you successful, wealthy, and prosperous. Tell your neighbor, it's not what you have. And I want you to know it so that as you live, you don't live like the people of the world do. I think uh, just recently, uh, social media is uh, beset with this um, interview that was done by CNN, Christina Amampo, and this young girl. I mean, I have not seen her before. I didn't even know who she was. My twin sister was telling me about it last night on the phone. And she was telling me that, oh, she's an actress. I said, okay, you know, I don't watch Ghanaian movies. And she was saying, no, 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 no. She was an Instagram star. I said, what, what, what does that mean? She said, this, this somebody was always posting almost naked pictures of herself on Instagram until she caught the attention of people. And then they have put her on a big stage, CNN, and she's saying, I'm sleeping with somebody's husband to get money. Now, every... Every wise person, I have not listened to the interview. That's what my twin sister said. I mean, she's involved in everything that is Ghana. So she tells me. So I mean, she hears all the Ghana news and she, and NTR. What's the day? Hey, now we're aware then. So I just take the information. So if I want information, I'll ask her now, what is going on? <laughs> so I asked her, but what, what did they say? And she said to me that any wise person who listened to the interview should know that the girl is foolish. The Minister of Gender and Deben Deben has written, blasted her, uh, Pastor Menso Tabo, everybody has said something. You see, because these are the people we have in our society, some of them actually are in churches, like ours. They don't know what success, wealth, and prosperity is. Please, if you are walking through the door, dressed in a Giorgio Armani suit, wearing Prada shoes, a Gucci shirt, wearing an Omega watch or a Rolex watch, Wearing aqua de Jew perfume doesn't make you successful. And you have maybe a few five, uh, 50 Ghana notes at your back in your wallet. That's not what makes you successful. Praise the Lord. It could even be $100 notes for all I care. That's not what makes you successful. You must understand that. Praise the Lord. There are people we see on the big stage receiving awards. And then when they go home, their house, their family, their life is in shambles. Everything in their life is torn apart, broken asunder. And so when we are talking about success, wealth, and prosperity, don't get it, don't get it wrong like, oh, Eshama report card and Una That's not what makes you successful, wealthy, and prosperous. We are not like the people of the world who are thinking, Chalilete Sisia, and they don't care whatever means they have to go through to get it. So Jesus adds another one in Matthew 16, 26, and he tells us that what, what will a man gain? Or what is a man profited if he gains the whole world and loses his soul? And so, true success, true wealth, true prosperity will elude many because they don't know what it is. You need to look through the Bible and find it. And as you go through the word of God, the word of God will explain to you what true success, true wealth, and true prosperity is. 
So you are in business. You are not cheating people because you know that you can get more money and it's not, that's not what makes you successful, wealthy and prosperous. You can be a liar or like this lady was taking almost naked pictures of herself to put herself on Instagram. That's not what makes you a star. I don't know even the classification for star now in our world today or popular or public figure in our world today because it's like now everybody can go on Facebook and then you open the account that says public figure and you put a picture of yourself there. Praise the Lord. And there are people who are public figures in Cape Coast and right here in Cape Coast there are people who have never seen them or heard of them before. Praise God. Tell your neighbor it is God that makes the difference. I want you to know it so that you don't labor like the people of the world labor. God has a system and we in the church will do well to follow God's system. In God's system of success, wealth and prosperity, God deems it that success, wealth and prosperity, number one, are a function of heritage. Success, wealth and prosperity are a function of heritage. Now, for instance, when... Uh, for instance, when a rich person, a wealthy person has died, his children, ooh, let me, let me get back here and do my work quickly. When a rich person has died, his children, a wealthy person, don't have to do anything at all. They automatically inherit what was made available by their parents. If you lived in that house, worked in that house for 40 years and you were a servant there, you were a worker there, they might have loved you, they might have liked you, they probably will leave you something. But there's a difference between what they will leave for their children and what they will leave for those who were living in the house. And there are people who are living in God's house but are not God's children. So every now and then God will drop something for you. You get one nice, one nice pen that you can use to write. Every now and then you get one nice spectacle that you can wear. But that's all God is willing to do for you. That's all God can do for you because you are not one of his children. And so true wealth, success and prosperity is a function True success, wealth, and prosperity is a function of heritage. Somebody say heritage. True success, wealth, and prosperity is a function of heritage. And I want you to understand this so that you don't play, you don't downplay with your heritage that I'm a child of God, I'm born again, I'm redeemed by the blood. Don't play with it because that is your access to true wealth, true success, wealth and prosperity. If we ever stand the chance of becoming successful, wealthy and prosperous, it is because we are children of the Almighty. I'm asking you the question, why should God waste his effort and his resources in blessing you when you are not a child? When God knows that every blessing he gives to you, he's actually empowering the devil's son or daughter. So true success, wealth and prosperity is a function of heritage. Somebody say heritage. heritage. The truly wealthy people that you will see, majority of them are people that have inherited. Now, for us as children of God also, it's important we know this. We, we have the chance, we have the opportunity to be successful, wealthy, and prosperous because it is our heritage. Can we go through the scriptures briefly? In John, in 3 John 1, 2, in 3 John, uh, they say 3 John 2 because there's just one chapter. In 3 John chapter 1 and 2, he says, Beloved, 
Now he's writing to the church. He's writing to the redeemed. He's writing to children of God. Men and women of faith. And he writes and he says, Beloved, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in health even as thy soul prospered. So the people that God breathe the word into the apostle John that he wishes that they will prosper and be in health and have soul prosperity they are the beloved somebody say the beloved somebody say the beloved now if you look if you look at this scripture for instance it sets the tone for what we understand from the scriptures as true success true wealth and true prosperity number one he talks about prospering that means doing well in everything we do so our performances will get better then, number two, he talks about health. Because if you have money and your health is not in place, you have nothing. If you have success, but your health is not in place, you have nothing. Praise the Lord. Now, that you can do everything, but your health, your health is not where it's supposed to be. And you know, sickness can make a mess of your life. Sickness can make a mess of your life. Somebody brought me a book recently about a lady, a doctor, uh, a lawyer, sorry, who had cancer, got to the end stages. They took her abroad because they had uh, access to pepe, which is money. And um, they took her there. They did the transplants. She went through chemo and everything. She got well. They wrote a book out of it. And, you know, as you look at the pictures, you look at the woman, her weight, and how that, when she got cancer, she lost everything. Her hair came off, everything. And she became so slim. Sometimes, as you begin to look at these things, you wonder, why do we carry ourselves the way we carry ourselves? Because this is part of the package of prosperity. Listen, let nobody bluff and brag and tell you, I have this, I have this, knowing that one thing can knock you down. Recently, I was sharing uh, with my students about this woman I met uh, on one of my journeys, who is so rich, uh, but has uh, a kidney problem, and uh, she has her own uh, dialysis machine and her own doctor who follows her everywhere she goes in the plane with a dialysis machine. And I said, that is not beautiful. Is that beautiful? That's ugly. Do you want to be so rich that when you are going, they are carrying dialysis machine and all those machines after you, 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 you walk small and you sit down, you start breathing, they have to come and put things in your body. God forbid. When God blesses a man, it is minus all these things. You are in old age and you are still very strong. You are a 70-year-old man. My goodness. Recently, I was listening. Dr. Maurice Cerullo is coming to Ghana next month. Papa is calling all of us to Accra. And I remember recently listening to Dr. Maurice Cerullo. He's in his 80s and he was talking about how he can still do a drive fast. My goodness. I pray that God will get you and I to that level. That our health will be intact. No health problem. No health crisis. And I'm not just talking about money and your performance, but also in terms of your health. Everything is where it's supposed to be. Like I said, sickness can make a mess of your life. And there are trainee doctors here today, they will tell you, nurses and staff, they will tell you what you see at the hospital, some of it can make you not eat for weeks on end. Praise the Lord. Then the next thing he talks about, look at this. He even talks about soul prosperity. Soul prosperity. You know, the Jewish people believe that peace is God. So they, they call him Shalom and they say Jehovah is our Shalom. 
So in the writings of the Jewish prophet Isaiah 26, he said that, and he, and the he is Shalom, Yahweh Shalom, he said, and he will keep in perfect peace he whose mind, that's verse number three, and he will keep in perfect peace he whose mind is stayed on him because he trusts in him. And so they believe that your mind fixated on Yahweh Shalom is what gives you peace. And he's talking about soul prosperity that in the midst of all the good things that you are enjoying, your soul will also be at ease and your soul will be prospering. Do you know that there are people who have everything that this world has to offer and yet their soul is in turmoil. Their soul is not at peace. It's not just here. When they die and leave this place also, their soul will not be in peace. But blessed be God Almighty forevermore that we are so blessed by God that as we enjoy the good things of this life, our soul is also at ease. Our soul is also at peace and we know when we move from this place the place to which we go also the same peace ooh the same peace Let, let's work on it I have, I have a few things to pick up and then I'll try and end Proverbs 13 22 he says to us in Proverbs 13 22 and I'm still trying to teach you that true success wealth and prosperity is a function of heritage in proverbs 13 22 he says a good man liveth an inheritance for his children's children and the wealth of the sinner is laid up for the righteous or for the just so basically he's telling us that our standing in god is what gives us access to success wealth and prosperity that others can lay it up but it will be for our enjoyment. Praise the Lord. That others can labor for it, but it will be for our enjoyment. And if you reverse the scripture, he's saying that when it comes to our time, we will leave an inheritance for our children's children. Generational wealth. Like the Jewish people have. And I've told you we are spiritual Jews according to uh, Galatians 3.29. And so what is going to happen is that our children are going to take off from where we ended. They are not going to go all the way back to the ghettos we started from. Are you listening to me? Our children are going to stand on our future, on our shoulder and see into the future. They are going to see possibilities we never saw. They are going to have advantages we never had. Recently some people were speaking and talking against Parkway Syndrome, I think during the election last two years or so, and they were talking against him and they were saying that he says he believes in Ghana. Where are his children? What are they doing? And so he began to talk about his boys and he said that, do you know that recently just two of them alone. They came together, put together an investment package and raised five million dollars and came to invest it in Ghana. As I was listening, I was laughing to myself. If not for your father, where will you get an opportunity to get access to five million dollars and come and invest in Ghana? But when God has blessed the first generation, we that are following after, you have access, you can carry five million dollars and invest it because God has given you the grace. If you are born again and you are listening to me, please tell, please hear me and hear me well. Our children are not going to start where we started. They are going to take off where we ended. And with all the blessings God blessed us with, they will stand on the mountain of our shoulder and they will look into the future in the mighty name of
of Jesus for those of you that is a novelty to enter and to step into some things well by the time your children are your age currently they would have done it and done it and done it and done it and done it you that Satan in an aeroplane the first time when you were in your 30s in your 40s your children are not going to do it like that right from their youthful years you are going to be going on holidays staying in five star resorts because God has provided you with that opportunity are you listening to me do you know that there are some people that can walk into a company walk into a place of business and introduce themselves to somebody and mention a certain name that I'm Mr. Susu and So's boy and that alone settles everything everything they are looking for it will be given to them you are that person you are that person you are that person that's what God is going to do you mention your name Roland Jesus they say okay 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 you are Jesus's boy eh? then they start signing things for you are there people of God here I see your heritage in God working big time I see your heritage in God delivering results to you I see your heritage in God making a difference oh somebody scream I believe uh, let's work on it we'll get there and so we know that because of who we are, we have access. You know, the, the Hebrew people have a funny name of naming their children. They, they, and the Nigerians have started doing it now. You know, my name is Roland. My son is Jedidiah. So I would have called him Jedidiah Ben Roland. And so once he introduces himself anywhere and they hear the Roland, they say, ah, okay, that is. So I won't use and. My name would have been, instead of, my father was called Joseph, so instead of Roland Roberts, which is the Roberts is my grandfather's name, my name would have been Roland Ben Joseph. And so when I go and I introduce myself, Roland Ben Joseph, so oh, okay, that is Joseph's boy. If he introduces himself, Jedidiah, he will say, Jedidiah Ben Roland, so oh, okay, that is Roland's boy. Now, they understood that as their heritage as children of God is what made them and makes them who they are. So in the book of Matthew, Matthew is writing to the Jewish people. They are very traditional people. And so he writes a very long genealogy all the way to Adam. And he says, and Adam, the son of God. He traces right from Jesus. Jesus, the son of Joseph. This one, the son of this. This one, the son of this. This one, the son of... 40 generations. He goes through 40 generations. And after 40 generations, and he says, and Adam, the son of God. And he's showing you that Adieno is direct. Adieno, if heaven pay. And yen chain baby out. Heaven pay. That is what gives us the audacity to expect the success the wealth and the riches we have in this life. Please listen. If it is just effort, I just read to you the scripture from Luke chapter 5, verse number 5. He said, we have toiled all night long and we caught nothing. So I explained to you that there are some people who practice all the principles of success, wealth and prosperity, they'll get nothing. Because it is not of him that will it, nor of him that run it. It is God that showed mercy. May God show you mercy. May God show you mercy. May God show you mercy. So as I end this morning, let me tell you that through all these teachings I've been teaching this morning, we realize that God is willing 
and has provided and made available the things that are necessary for our success, our wealth, and our prosperity. He's made all those things available. And so when we look at our scripture for the month in uh, Joshua chapter 1 verse 8, we say that uh, this, word of the, this book of the Lord shall not depart from your mouth. You shall meditate on it day and night and observe to do all that is written therein. He said, then shall you make your way prosperous. Then shall you, ha- you have good success. And, and I talked about two things that God has his part and we have our parts. And I said, God has already done his part. That's why I went to the trouble of reading all the scriptures. God has already done his part. So as you go out this morning and go to work this week, go into the world, I want you to know that the reason why we believe that this week we are going to succeed at whatever we do, that this week we are going to be prosperous at whatever we do, this week we are going to get wealth, something that we will put down for the next generation is that God has done everything that he's supposed to do. And so me as a child of God, when I go out this week, there is nothing that I must lack. Tell your neighbor, God has already provided. Look at somebody say, God has already provided. And so I'll try by reading just about two or three scriptures. And I'll start from Ephesians chapter 2, 12 and 13. In Ephesians chapter 2, 12 and 13, there are three interesting concepts that are mentioned in the Bible. And you can only catch them from the Greek translation of the Bible. In Ephesians 2, 12, 13, he says that at that time, ye were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers from the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. But now in Christ Jesus, ye who sometimes were far off are made nigh by the blood of Christ. Go back to verse number 12. He said that at that time, ye were without Christ and the consequences of being without Christ is that when you are without Christ, he says you are an alien from the commonwealth of Israel. When we talk about the commonwealth of Israel, what are we talking about? That there's a pool of resources available in God to Jewish people that God had granted them access to. That is all the blessing, all the favor, all the mercy. The thing that makes the Jewish people the worldwide phenomenon that they are today. When we were without Christ, we were not having access to that pool. Once you are without Christ, you are an alien from that pool. Now the word alien is the Greek word apolotrio. And that word apolotrio means a non-participant. And so when we were without Christ, we couldn't participate in the treasures, in the mercies, in the grace, in the help that God had made available to the Jewish people. And so we think about Abraham. We think about his wife Sarah. We think about all the saints in the Old Testament and the blessings that they received from the hand of God. Samson killing a lion. Samson carrying the gates of a city. We don't have access to that if we are without Christ. But now in Christ, those of us that were aliens, the Bible said we are no longer aliens. He goes to the next thing. He says we were strangers to the covenants of promise. So we couldn't participate in the wealth that is available to Israel. And then also we couldn't participate or we were strangers to the covenant. And that word stranger is the Greek word xenos. And the word xenos means a guest. Now when he says we are strangers, we are guests, what does it mean? It means that when it comes to the blessings of God, it comes to the mercy and the grace of God, the person that is in church without Christ you are a guest to the blessings of God. Have you ever stayed at somebody's house or at a hotel before? You might have enjoyed the place. You 
might have been happy with the place and the services there, but when time comes for you to go, you must move to your place because that is not where you are a resident. You are just a guest in that place. And that explains why every now and then some blessings have dropped for us, but then every now and then we go back to the dry season. But when we become resident to the blessings of God, to the mercy of God and to the help of God, I'm not talking about one time thing. I'm talking about something that is permanent. Every single day of your life, mercy after mercy, help after help, grace after grace, favor after favor. I'm no longer a guest to the blessings of God. That's my permanent address. Oh my goodness, I remember some time ago we were invited, or oh, some pastors, a group of pastors in the central region to have breakfast with a former president, uh, President John Mahama at uh, Elmina Beach Resort. And I remember when we got there, they sat us at tables and there was so much food. And as the pastors were eating, I was watching them. There was one pastor who was seated at my table. I took a few pictures of him because I realized that he's a guest to these kinds of things. He started with kinky and fried fish and shito. Then after the kinky and the fried fish and shito, he got himself some coffee and got himself some milo and got himself some Lipton with fried eggs and some bread and some bacon. And after he ate that, he got some wache with some boiled eggs and he ate it. Then he went back for some kinky, but now there was no fish. He was just left with boiled eggs. So he brought kinky and boiled eggs and he was ready to eat it. And somebody asked him, why are you eating all these things? I realize that this guy is a guest to these things because when this is your normal, when you have been blessed by God, you go there, you are sitting there, you are looking at it, you take a cup, you drink a small cup of tea, and you say, That's okay. No, no, no. I don't want too much milk. I don't want to get sick. Then the people that don't know, they don't have access to these kind of things. We weigh milk at 10 crossing rats in the Mukramunum tea basa. You realize that they are guests to this kind of life, but there are people every day in their life. It's like they live at a hotel every day of their life, and that's what you have become when you have been blessed by God every single day of your life. Am I prophesying to the right crowd? I declare in the name of Jesus, it's not just in the month of April, it's not just for 2018. Every single day of your life every single day of your life that's what God is giving you access to as you look at your children as you look at yourself as you look at all around you that's how your life will be that's how your life will be somebody shout he's talking about me somebody shout he's talking about me and then he says in verse number 13 that we were far off and that is the word makran and makran means a distance in verse number 13 he said we that were far off we have been made nine by the blood of Jesus we are no longer at a distance now we are very close to the blessings to the mercy and to the grace of God in the book of first Peter chapter 2 verse 9 and 10 he said but ye are a chosen generation a royal priesthood and an holy nation, a peculiar people that you should show forth the praises of him who had called you out of darkness into his marvelous life, which in time past were not a people, but now are the people of God, which had obtained mercy, which had not obtained mercy, but now had obtained mercy. And so we know that God has put 
put in place everything necessary for our success, our wealth, and our prosperity. And so when I'm talking about the divine input, I'm saying, saints of God, that God has done some things that will not allow for some of us to be broke. God has done some things that will not allow some of us to be pitied by anybody. We are not going to become a joke and a proverb in our society. We carry the blessings of God. Do you believe that? Can you give somebody a high five? Say, I'm blessed by God. I carry the blessing of God. Say, please look at me. I'm a man that cannot fail. I'm a man that cannot fail. I'm a man that cannot fail. I carry in my DNA, in my spiritual DNA, the makeup for success, for wealth and prosperity. I like watching football a lot. As you begin to look at the Abedipele boys, it's interesting. They play just like their father. As the day is running with the boy and doing his legs like this, I remember Abedi when he was in his prime. There's something in the blood of that boy that makes him play the way he plays. Do you know, child of God, there's something in your spirit that makes you the mystery that you are, that makes you the success that you are. When I'm doing business, when I touch my work, when I touch the things I do, there's something inside of me that gives me the results I'm looking for. Oh my goodness, let me end here this morning. Deuteronomy chapter 8 and verse number 17. He says to them, and you will say one day in your heart, as you look at how cheaply the blessings come to you, and you know when God is blessing you, the blessings of God come so easily. My goodness, that's why when God blesses you, people think it's a fake. People think it's not real. People think you pass somewhere because when God blesses you, he makes it look so simple. And that's why people will insult you. But I know that boy. But they don't understand. It's not me. It's God that has done it like that. Have you realized that you studied for the same exam with the same students in the same class? But somehow, the little that you did, it earned you the distinction that you have. It is God's strength and it is God's grace. Am I preaching to the right people? And so he said, one day you may wake up in the morning and you may think that my power and the might of my hand has gotten me this well. He tells them in verse number 18, he said, I'm warning you, verse number 18, I want you to remember that it is the Lord your God. It is he that gave you the power to get the wealth, the power to get the wealth, the power to get the wealth. God made an input. That is why you could get what you have. Am I speaking to the right person? I have that power. Is that power in your hand? I have that power. I've received that power. Is there somebody here that has been blessed like that by God? And so as we're walking through town, we are not empty. As we're walking through town, we are not shells that carry nothing. We have been empowered by God. There's something in your spirit. And that's why I know you are not one of the failures in our society. You are not one of the people that is going to sit on TV and run your that devil is a liar you are going to fund the dreams of some other young girls you will gather them around you you will become a mother to them you will become a father to them am I prophesying to the right people because there's something deep down within you and so I'm not talking about where you work and I'm not talking about what you earn I'm talking 
talking about what God has put inside you. And so they can demote you at your office. They can send you to a village for all I care. In the name of transfer, it doesn't matter. Even in the place where there's no electricity and no generator, it doesn't matter because there's something inside you that defies electricity, that defies civilization. You can be in an uncivilized place and doing well than people in civilized places. Am I prophesying to the right person? There's something deep down within me. It's what God has put in me. It's in my DNA. It's in my makeup. Oh my goodness, you should listen to Richmond when he takes a microphone and he wants to say, I can go for practice after practice after practice. Then I can't sing like that because I don't have it. But what I have also, he can try and try and try because he doesn't have it. God put mine in me. God put his in him. Everybody has something that is given to him by God to bring you where God wants you to be. Can I shout because I have it? Can I praise God because I'm blessed? Can I give God a shout? So the next time you're driving through town and they are looking at you with their funny eyes, they smile. I got it. I got it. I got it. I got it. The next time they look at you funny, you smile. I got it. I have something. Something God put in me. And that's what makes people react to you the way they do. God has put something in you. Do you know, do you know, do you know, do you know, do you know that before Moses was born, some people had seen that a Messiah was about to be born. And so it was not when Moses was growing, no, before he was born, a law had been put in place to check his rise. They put a law in place to check his rise. They wanted to make sure that this boy, once he arrives on the scene, we will check him and we will put him where he belongs. But that was a big mistake because when God puts something in man, when God puts something in man, there is nothing that you can do to take it out of the man. I want to finally speak over somebody's life because God has put something in you that will not allow you to become darkness. Wherever you go, wherever you find yourself, the light is going to shine in the darkness. The Bible said the light shines in the darkness and the darkness cannot overcome it. In the words of William Shakespeare, he said, how far this little candle throws its light, so shines a good deal in a naughty world. When God has made you the light, nothing covers the light, nothing restricts the light, nothing hinders the light. Let me end this morning and speak over somebody, and speak over a family, and speak over an entire generation, and speak over an entire family. In the mighty name of Jesus, it's part of your life. God has put you there. In the name of Jesus, very soon your children are going to be walking down the street. And somebody will say, is that not Dr. Susu and Susu's boy? And they say, yeah, he also is a medical student. He also is a doctor. Because God graced you. God gave you that grace. Am I speaking to the right persons? God has given it to you. It's yours. Go and manifest it wherever you go. That devil is a liar. There's no power in our society. There's no power in our world to hinder
that what God has already done, everything that God has done, Ecclesiastes 3 14, everything that God has done, it is permanent. Nothing can be added to it and nothing can be taken from it. God has put it inside you. God has given it to you. God has given it to your family. God has given it to your business. God has given it to your marriage. God has given it to your children. I see grace that has been poured out. It was poured out before you were born. It was poured out before you got where you are. And God already knew that the time will come when you will need that grace. That grace is available. Look at a woman for instance. Before a woman is born, she's born in such a way that she's born with a womb. If you look at the breast of a woman, it's not like the breast of a man. If you look at babies and you look at their breast well, you will see that the nipple of a woman, it has a hole. It has something like a hole in it. But that of a little boy does not. Because the boy is not going to give anybody breast milk. But the girl one day will give breast milk. And so God has already made the provision available. It's there before you get there. It's there before you get there. It's there before you get there. There is no barrier that will stop you. There's no hindrance that will stop you. There's no impediment that will stop you. By my God, I've run through a two. By my God, I've leapt over the wall. They shall gather together. But because they did not gather in the name of the Lord, God will scatter them for your sake. God will scatter them for your sake. God will scatter them for your sake. There's somebody in this place. I see grace on you. I see grace on you. I see grace on you. It's on you. It's on you. Oh my goodness. Can I end with a prophecy? Take this before I'm tempted. Let me end with a prophecy. There was a donkey that was born like every donkey. It grew up like every donkey. But the destiny of that donkey had been prophesied in the book of Micah that one day the Savior will sit on that donkey. You see, among Jewish people, donkeys are not allowed in Jerusalem because they are cursed animals. The law in the book of Leviticus is that when a donkey gives birth, the first male child of the donkey, they must hit it on the head with an awl and kill it as a sacrifice to God. If the owner didn't want to kill it, then the owner needed a lamb, the first lamb that was born by its mother to sacrifice it in place of the donkey. This donkey was growing up living donkey life, living in a donkey apartment, living donkey life, eating donkey food. But there was a prophecy in the book of Micah that one day for the first time, a donkey will enter Jerusalem, the holy place. And the reason was that the lamb of God, Jesus, will be sitting at the back of this donkey. And so when the time came, he sent some messengers, go and bring the donkey. And they said, the donkey is not fast. What will we say to the owner? And he said, tell the owners of the donkey, the master has need of him. You see, the master and the owner are not the same. You can be the owner of something and not be the master of it. And Jesus is our owner and he's our master. And so he said, I want the donkey. Bring the donkey. And my goodness, when they brought that donkey, they started spreading their garment. Then for the first time, the donkey that had been born like a donkey, grown up like a donkey, live like a donkey, live the life that 
no donkey had ever lived. There's somebody in this auditorium. This is your prophecy. This is a prophecy for your family. You may have been born like everybody. You may have grown up like everybody. But this is not your end. This is not how your story will end. Can you lift your hands and begin to pray? I refuse to end like everybody else. I refuse to be like everybody else. I step into my heritage. 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 In the mighty name of Jesus. Lift that voice and begin to declare it. I refuse to live like this. I refuse to be like this. I refuse to live like this. I enter into my heritage. As God has destined for me. As God has planned for me. As God has intended for me. As God has desired it for me. I declare so shall it be. Lift your voice and begin to declare it. Lift your voice and begin to declare it. Not me, not my family. Not me, not my house. Lift your voice and speak it. Lift your voice and declare it. Oh, lift your voice wherever you are. Somebody begin to speak in the language of the spirit. In the mighty name of Jesus. That's not my life. The life of a donkey. The lot of a donkey. That is not my life. That is not my Lord. I declare by prayer. Clap those hands and raise your voice. Break down every barrier, break down every wall of impediment, break down every wall of impossibility. The son of the king, Rantalabakwandaba, Lebrataya Shata, Atalimakantalabakapaya, Kapala Branda. I defy every voice of the enemy. I defy every power of the enemy. I defy every design of the enemy. In the mighty name of Jesus, I crush it by my prayer. I will be who God has destined. I will live as God has destined. I will be who God has destined. Labo Shata, Iparalaya Koshaba, Atatani Makanta Brabaya, Libariano Satanabakataya, Libariana Labashanda, Katiamando Sabaralayata, Eabaralabando Shanda, Eatabaralabasandaya, 